Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin will not seek re-election to the Senate in 2024, a monumental announcement for Democrats and for us in the energy world. For starters, without Manchin, Democrats are virtually guaranteed to lose his Senate seat to Republicans, who are heavily favored in the red state. And Manchin also leaves behind an enormous track record on energy policies, as well as his chair on the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. To be clear, Manchin still has a full year left, and he may not exit politics entirely after he leaves the Senate. I've made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. Today, we chat with Politico's Kelsey Tamburino about Manchin's energy legacy, who could replace him as committee chair, and what he might accomplish with his time left. It's Monday, November 13th. Joe Manchin has really been a central figure, I think, in the larger energy debates and bills for the last several years now. Notably, he was elected to the Senate in 2010 and did so with a kind of now famous ad that showed him shooting a climate bill. So from the start, I think Manchin has been really synonymous with this larger conversation on the energy transition. He currently chairs the Energy Committee with purview over everything from nuclear policy, outdoor recreation, oversight of the energy agencies like FERC and DOE. And he was also the ranking member alongside Lisa Murkowski, who was the chairwoman of that committee, where the two forged a really close friendship, which led them to teaming up on bills. He's also notably from West Virginia and has been vocal advocate for coal miners. But I think, of course, like when you're thinking about the legacy of Joe Manchin, what really he's become most synonymous with in recent years is the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law and the Inflation Reduction Act. And I think all of the baggage that comes with those two bills, right? Manchin's concerns about inflation and the price tag helped sink President Joe Biden's larger proposed energy piece of legislation that he had hoped to pass. That was ultimately siphoned into the infrastructure law where agreement could be found on roads and bridges and highways. And then when Democrats tried to pass the climate and healthcare provisions under a separate bill, Manchin was kind of a persistent roadblock there. He ultimately said he couldn't support that in a shock to, I think, the environmental community, to a lot of Washington after months of negotiation. And then he shocked everyone again when he worked alongside Schumer last summer to pass the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes billions and billions of dollars for clean energy, tax credits, programs across the administration and government that really Manchin will frame it as an above all energy approach and to bring in new next generations of technologies. I think for the clean energy and climate movement, it's their signature legislation. And with that, Manchin has also worked to pass permitting reform, ultimately helping to move forward on the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which again is a sore spot for a lot of environmentalists who see him as a fossil fuel advocate. So he has a quite a complicated legacy when it comes to the environmental community, but I think love him or hate him, as we wrote in our story, it's hard to separate him from the larger energy transition debate and energy policy in the last few years. 
Yeah, wow, that's quite a a long history and a long legacy in the energy industry, as you note. And Manchin obviously still has some time left on his term before he leaves office. Is he hoping to accomplish anything else in the energy space before he leaves? For instance, is he looking to make one last permitting push? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't said specifically what his kind of agenda for the last, the rest of his term would be. Obviously, the rest of that term overlaps with kind of campaign season where it, it gets harder to pass big pieces of legislation. I think there's still hope on the Hill to pass some sort of permitting reform bill that can do something on transmission, but also from the Republican perspective, do something on timelines for judicial review. And it remains to be seen if there is a compromise that can move forward there, particularly now that there's new leadership on the House side, right? And and they have their own struggles passing appropriations bills right now. I think the folks that we talked to for this story had varying responses on if Manchin leaving Congress will push the, that permitting bill forward more, or if that becomes more of a challenge but I think, you know, there's still quite a few things on his on the committee's docket, the Senate Energy Committee, Kat, as you know well. There's still a FERC commissioner to be confirmed that that's in Manchin's purview. There's, you know, a lot of legislation to move forward on new, advanced nuclear, for example. So there's still a lot of, I think, areas where you he would have priorities of legislation he'd like to see advance. But the big ticket stuff like permitting reform, I think it remains to be seen. Interesting. And as you noted, it sounds like a lot of his work has been through the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. So who will replace Manchin as chair or potentially ranking member, which we can talk about in a bit? I know that you have reported some people are already throwing their names in the hat. Can you tell us a bit about who might replace Manchin? Yeah. So, I mean, it is early days and a lot can happen, I think, between now and and when we would be looking to see who's chair of the Energy Committee. But I think the name that has emerged from folks that I've spoken to and just conversations on the hills over the months is is Martin Heinrich of New Mexico. There are more senior senators above him on the committee, but those folks like Ron Wyden, Rhea Cantwell, Bernie Sanders are also already chairing other committees. So his he's kind of the next in line after that. He's also really active in the committee. I, I Every hearing I go to with at the Senate Energy Committee, I think he's there and speaking. And so his name has emerged, I think, from the clean energy side, the environmental side of someone who they'd like to see there. He hasn't directly said whether he wants it, but he said he, you know, he put out a statement last night to us saying he looks forward to working with his colleagues as committee leadership decisions are made in the next Congress. But I think that's a central name to watch. We've heard other folks on in our reporting the story, you know, one industry official kind of floated the name of the independent senator Angus King from Maine as kind of the next go-to Democrat for the fossil fuel industry. So, I mean, it definitely leaves a hole. And I think we could see more names emerge, but I think those are, Martin Heinrich has emerged as kind of the central one that folks are focusing on right now to be the top Democrat on that committee. Okay. So looking at the bigger picture here, taking a step back, Manchin's departure comes at a time when Democrats have a very tenuous hold on the Senate majority, and we know that Manchin comes from a deeply red state. So could you talk a bit about how his exit could shake up Democrats' position in the Senate broadly and what that might mean for energy policy? Yeah. So Manchin's departure here most certainly makes it more difficult for Democrats to keep the Senate. He is from a deeply red state and the governor there, Jim Justice, is leading the race right now. Without him running again, it makes it hard to see what Democrat could successfully win in that state at this point. And so it makes the path forward for Democrats more difficult. The The landscape favors Republicans in the next election and Manchin's departure makes it a lot 
more likely that Democrats might not keep the Senate. When I spoke to some folks who have been critical of Joe Manchin, I think they were dealing with kind of different reactions to this, where on one side they were maybe happy that he is not going to stay in the Senate, given his perspective on fossil fuel infrastructure and some of the things that they're concerned with, but at the same time, pretty readily acknowledge that his departure makes any path for Democrats keeping the Senate majority more difficult. In that sense, it makes, you know, reaching some of their other priorities and energy a lot more difficult to achieve as well. Also, Ukraine is open to attacking Russia's oil and gas infrastructure if Moscow escalates attacks on Ukraine's grid this winter. That's what Ukraine's energy minister told Politico in D.C., and the move could add more turmoil to global energy markets. Europe has already significantly cut its reliance on Russian oil and natural gas, largely thanks to imports of U.S. LNG. But Russia still sells large volumes of its fossil fuels to China and India, which is helping to tame global oil prices. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.